I like big books and I cannot lie. Kim and Julie sure can't deny. When a book walks in with a big thick spine, we're gonna have a good time. So, baby, wanna talk books with ya? You get the picture. Just push play and subscribe and turn to chapter five. Hey! Hello, welcome back to another book talk episode of the podcast. Yes. How are y'all doing? <laughs> How are you doing, Julie? I'm good. I'm a little, I came in today a little extra tired because it is post Halloween here. And so in Alaska and maybe other places do this too. Once we have Halloween, the kids' pumpkins are on the porch and usually the moose will come by and eat the pumpkins. No way. Yes. They come every year and they just like, it's usually in the middle of the night and they wake you up with all their stomping and clomping and but it's super fun to see. And then you feel like, listen, I don't feed wild animals, but once a year, the moose get a little pumpkin tree. I I don't feed them. Otherwise it's a dangerous game. But yeah, last night you told me they were aggressive. Well, they can be, they're just unpredictable, right? Cause there's somebody mm-hmm. was feeding a moose. I actually have a highlight on my Instagram story where I was shoveling my front porch and a moose came like in bet- like this little tiny crack in between cars and came right up, but it was approaching everybody because somebody was feeding it. And it's just, it's dangerous for everybody that way. So anyway, the pumpkins mm-hmm. are out on the porch and then the moose came by and it binged my camera at like three, three 30 this morning. And then it's so cold out. And I literally laid in bed and thought, these moose have to be freezing cold. It's like 10 degrees Fahrenheit. Oh my um, gosh. And then I was like, and then the pumpkin's frozen. So it's like they're cold, eating cold. And then I was stressed out for the moose. Like I just wanted them to be warm and had a really hard time going back to sleep. So that was my night. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, my night consisted of working late and then going, because I live in a really small town. So I live in a, in Southwest Georgia and that super tiny town called Dawsonville. And we have three stoplights and one grocery store called the Piggly Wiggly and we call it the pig. So but we have like maybe four or five restaurants. There's this one restaurant that's like a mom and pop hole in the wall. And it's my favorite in town. It's called Mentos and it's literally half a mile from my house. So we eat there all the time. So I went to get chicken wings and Mentos and then, you know, made myself sick on them because I just love them so much. (laughs) I just ate all the chicken wings and yeah, I went to bed. So that was my night. (laughs) Fun fun times. Hashtag chubby girl stories. (laughs) Is it like a small town where everything closes at 5 p.m. or something or do things actually? Most of it. Yeah. Nothing is not even well on the weekends. I think Mentos may stay open until 10, but other than like maybe two convenience stores, everything shuts down at eight or nine, like everything. And so if you need anything, you better get it before eight o'clock. <laughs> it's Which, really you know, different. It's fine with me because I'm an old lady at heart and I hate <laughs> going out after dark. Like I don't like driving in the dark. Like my friends pick on me all the time because they'll want to go do stuff. And I'm like, but what time are you going? Because, you know, I can't be out after dark. <laughs> Oh my gosh. And my meemaw used to always say, nothing good ever happens after oh. the sun goes down. That's, that's what she would say. I and mean. I would just incessantly roll my eyes at her. But now I feel the same. <laughs> <laughs> 
I know in here in Alaska, we were talking about this the other day. It's dark Mm -hmm. in the winter is when we really are lacking sunlight, like up North in Alaska, some places the sun goes down, it doesn't come up for weeks or months. Um, but here it just, it's like the sun in December, the sun will come up at like 10, 10 30. And then it's down by like three, three 30. And when I say up, it doesn't mean that it's like out and shining either. Some days are just like super gray and mm. it's kind of duskish all day long, depending on what's going on. So it's, you have to, there's no other option other than driving in the dark. Right. That would definitely be something for me to get used to. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, Alaska's too cold for my Southern blood anyway. So, yes, I love one of my favorite things about meeting people in this space and like seeing like, you know, how everything goes. I vividly remember talking with somebody and she was saying that when it was 50 degrees outside, and she's from the South that she wouldn't go to the gym because she was, that's too cold to go anywhere. We just stay home. <laughs> it's so cold right now too. I think this morning it was 48 and oh. I was like, I was dressed in layers. I had like the heater all the way up to 80. <laughs> My husband was like, what in the world? Cause he was born in Minnesota. He yeah. spent a few years in Iowa. So he loves the cold weather and I'm like dying, you know, inside. <laughs> I think the difference is like when it gets really cold, it just hurts. Like today was, I don't know, it was like 10 degrees today when I took the kids to school and like you, you, your face hurts, your fingers hurt, especially when it gets really cold, like below zero. Mm -hmm. It just like everything you touch outside hurts. I don't know. It's just like, (laughs) I've never been in that kind of weather. I think (laughs) at at one time, maybe like 18 degrees, like. And I was traveling somewhere. So I wasn't anywhere near home. I literally did not leave where I was. <laughs> I was like, uh-uh, we're staying in today. So let's talk about why we're here today. Inspirational yes. books, books that have given us inspiration to yes. be something, do something. Get us through hard times. Yeah. You know, help us heal. Those are the ones that stick with you as well. So mm-hmm. lots of good ones out there. Definitely. Oh, so many, we were saying, I was kind of stressed out because part of like giving people book list, I think there's a little anxiety that's like, it, you forget sometimes what you've read or that you are going to mm-hmm. leave something out that you really would want to share. And so we may, I suspect, especially with inspirational books, do a part two because yeah, they're is so many other books under this category that I know that we could share about and that we love, but for sure. Um, yeah, let's start with what we brought today. So do you want to tell us your first book? I'm so curious. Okay. So let's give a little backstory real quick for those that just, because if I'm being authentic to myself on here, then I have to give a little backstory. And I told Julie in the beginning, I was like, you asked me to co-host, you know, like, (laughs) you know, I am like, I don't hold anything back normally. And so my filter is very weak, but with inspirational books, I have a couple that have gotten me through, um, probably one of the darkest times in my life. So a little backstory is I'm a Christian. I love me some Jesus. And (laughs) I grew up, my parents got divorced when I was five 
And my dad moved myself and I into my Meemaw's house. So my Meemaw was his mother, my paternal grandmother. And my Meemaw really became my mom. And, you know, my dad was my dad. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, I received Jesus in my heart when I was a teenager. And I, I just grew up very in a very like protected household. Mm -hmm. So I had a curfew until I was 20, you know, like, yes. Um, I didn't get my first cell phone until I was 19. I didn't get my first car till I was 19. I was, if I wasn't at home or at school, I was in youth group. Mm-hmm. I was on the worship team, the drama team at, you know, all like the youth choirs that traveled. I was part of those. Like I was the president of Bible club. So like when I say <laughs> no one dated me in high school, I'm like for sure meaning that. Cause I like walked around with a Bible in my book bag and I was like ready to talk about Jesus at any turn. You know what <laughs> I mean? <laughs> I was such a dork. <laughs> and so when I was in my twenties, my dad was diagnosed with lung cancer and I did all the things that like a Christian girl like was raised to do. I prayed, put a prayer cloth under his mattress, sent him prayer letters, sent him scriptures. I mean, like, and he wasn't a super religious person, but he was very accepting of it because he knew like how important it was to me. Mm -hmm. And I just knew he was going to be healed. Like, I just knew that that cancer was going to like go away. Mm -hmm. Like, I just knew it like in my core. And so when it didn't and he passed, it definitely rocked my faith in a way that has never happened before. And Mm -hmm. so I became angry and bitter with the Lord. And so I just went buck wild. (laughs) And like most people had this period in their life when they were teenagers, but I was 25. (laughs) And so like all these friends that I went to school with were you know, getting married or like in serious relationships, graduating college, doing all like these monumental life things. And I'm just like, woo, going, you know, just going wild. Yeah. And I would, I wanted, I was trying to find something to fulfill me because, you know, I I ran from the Lord. So like, I don't want to say that I just shut him out. I really did. And I had to find fulfillment somewhere. So where did I find it in dating? And so I made some really poor choices, ended up meeting someone that I barely knew. We uh, I literally like knew less than a month, got pregnant, <laughs> decided to get married because he was military and miscarried on our wedding day. Mm. And then I asked him, I said, you know, it's kind of gets us off the hook a little bit. We barely know each other. Do you still want to go forward with this? And then all of that, he said, yes, I love you. And, you know, here I am going, oh, he loves me. Yay. You know, Mm -hmm. so we get married. He deploys. I continue teaching in the town I was living in. He comes back from deployment. We move in together, have a baby, and then I get to know him. Mm. (laughs) And turns out he has a problem with drugs and he becomes abusive. And so it turns into like. It's really bad lifetime domestic violence movie. Um, And long story short, I left when in my old white beat up Lancer and with like $200 to my name and an eight month old baby and what I could cram in my little car. Mm -hmm. And I drove home 
And over the process of a year, I mean, he threatened my life. Like he would send me the most hateful messages. It was just really bad. Like, I'm not going to go into all the detail, but just know I pretty much lived in fear on a daily basis and, and entered into some pretty intensive therapy. Yeah. So fast forward, he just, we break off contact completely. The divorce is final and my daughter hasn't heard from him since she was eight months old and she's eight now. Mm -hmm. So I spent the next four and a half years as a single mom really having to heal Mm -hmm. and like really having to find myself again and having to really walk on this healing journey with God. And I come across these books. (laughs) So I like a really long intro to say, Oh, here's these inspirational books that I'm talking about. So I got back into church. I was back on the worship team. My pastors are salt of the earth, amazing people. And they were not pushy. They let me heal. They let me take my time. They held my hand through like some of the darkest moments. Mm-hmm. And um, there was this lady named Kimberly Jones who is a pastor out of Atlanta. And she is very like, <laughs> You know, like she is not like the typical Southern Christian woman, very demure and like, you know, let's meet for coffee and talk about the Holy Spirit. Like she (laughs) has like spiky, like you can see in the picture, like a spiky blonde mohawk. She wears like this bright, beautiful clothing, like massive jewelry. And she's just authentically outspoken and loud in herself. And you either love her or she's either way too much for her. So you know me. I completely connected with her and I'm like, oh my God, I love her. (laughs) And so she wrote a book called Beautifully Broken Mm. because her first marriage was a domestic violence situation. And so uh, I read her book and weeped (laughs) because, you know, her story is a lot different, but yet there are some parts that are extremely similar as far as, you know, filling a void with the wrong things and then ending up in a really bad place Mm -hmm. and then walking through the process of God healing you. And so she actually visited a church in Donaldsonville. What? Uh, I know. And that night my church led worship. So I got to sing, like lead a few songs right in front of her. I thought I was going to poop in my pants. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like trying to be like filled with Jesus. Yes, Lord. And like, I want to barf all at the same time. And at the end, like, like towards the end of her sermon, she called, like, there's a time of prayer. So you come up if you want prayer and my, I wasn't going to, because I was like, I'm not one to ever do that. Yeah. I just never have been. And my pastor, pastor Tony looked at me and he's like, "Mm, you're going up there with me. And I'm like, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. And he grabs my hand and takes me to the front. And there's video of this that, you know, if I'm feeling like super low one day, I'll put it out on my phone and like have a good cry in my bathroom. But she's praying over me. And it was like something just in my spirit. I'm not joking. It just like clicked. And it was like all this gunk. You could just see it. It could, it just, it's like cleaning off a really gunky, nasty windshield. It just cleared. And I just felt like a release of hurt and unforgiveness and bitterness and shame. I went through so much shame. Mm -hmm. You know, when I came home, people were saying to me all the time, I just can't believe you went through that. You just had it all together. You know, and Southern people are like that. Like 
they say the most passive aggressive things (laughs) that are like supposed to be meant as encouragement but actually insults like bless your heart is normally an insult like I think I would do well there because I feel like a lot of times insults in real life even go over my head like the more (laughs) passive aggressive they are I just like take it sometimes later I'll think Mm -hmm. I think they were insulting me (laughs) but then it's just like I can let it roll off because I don't get it and so I'm not saying I I don't know it's just my personality trait so I would I would do well there I'd never know people would insult me all day long I'd be like oh you would know these like super Southern Christian women in the community would come up and go, I'm just, you know, I'm praying for you. And I know, you know, you've got it rough and, but eventually you'll get through it. And, you know, I'm just shocked, but I know God's doing great things. And I just would go, mm, thanks. Mm-hmm. Kiss my butts, but not, I didn't say, but, <laughs> That's a bad word. but you know, don't you like kiss my ass? I'm sorry, but Anyway, this woman just like impacted me and she, it's, you know, she just knew like, she just, Mm -hmm. I feel like she, the Holy Spirit used her to see into my soul and she prayed exactly what I needed. And so like me that really hates attention drawn to herself, I'm like sobbing in front of this whole church of people, like uncontrollably. And there's a video of me and like all my chubbiness is shaking (laughs) (laughs) because it was just a breakthrough for me. and. I think like not even six or seven months later, I met Josh. Wow. So it was like just this whole process. And also in that process, I read a book called The Way Home by Lindsay Doss. Mm. And so this book is a little bit different because this book, she was a pastor's kid. Her past, her mom is Karen Wheaton, who is a really big influential evangelical pastor in our, in the Southern of the United States region. Mm-hmm. And she has a church called the ramp who I've visited several times. Awesome. It's amazing. But Lindsay was, they have a ramp school of ministry that they run and her and her husband were like really high up in this like church administration and all this stuff. She has an extramarital, extramarital affair. Mm. And so she really vividly and authentically tells her story. Like she does not hold back. And I connected with her because I was carrying so much shame from that, my situation. Yeah. And here she is just like being so transparent and everyone in the, like the Southern United States that, you know, is Christian or like any type of like charismatic or Pentecostal person kind of knows her family. So she's very well known. The whole situation was pretty well known. And so uh, she just shows up in such a good way. And her husband, they work it out. They, they, you know, go through counseling. It's like a whole journey. It's so beautiful how God heals and restores their relationship. And her husband's actually one of my favorite pastors because he's not afraid to like be super real mm-hmm. about the Christian faith. And he like really cuts to the core and, you know, he's very unapologetic. And I love that because he was one of the ones that was saying, you know, Trump isn't the second coming of Christ. Just letting you know, he's a douche <laughs> you know, and stuff. So I'm like, I love you. Thank you. <laughs> but, um, those two books, the way home and beautifully broken 
really got me through one of the darkest periods of my life. And if you have gone through divorce, it's like a death. Mm-hmm. And it's in, if you add in domestic violence and all the assault stuff, we won't go into the details, but it was really bad. It's very traumatic. There's a lot of trauma there. And yeah. so when you're ready to heal and you really do the work, cause it's a lot of work. It and is. sometimes it even like years and years and years later, it's, I still have these moments where it jumps back on me and I'm like, I'm not going to do that. I, mm-hmm. I've healed from that. Mm-mm, we're not doing that. <laughs> we're not yeah. going there. I still have these books. Like they're on my shelf and I'll come back and open them up and like reread certain sections. So super good. If that resonates with you, I highly encourage you to go get them. I love books like that. It's like mm-hmm. revisiting a friend and just mm-hmm. picking them up and just getting exactly what you need. Yeah. And it was like, when I was reading them, it was like getting a hug in a really dark place. Mm-hmm. And, and I really felt, and you know, you, I am so like supportive of whatever you believe. I really felt like the Lord giving me a hug as I was reading these books going, Hey, I'm here. It's going to be okay. I never left you. Yeah. I never leave you nor forsake you. So I'm, I got this, just give it to me. I've got it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he really did because now I'm married to like the biggest dork ever. And I love that. <laughs> <laughs> and Allie's, you know, healthy and, yeah. and has, is thriving even in her rough <laughs> days. And so, yeah, just super thankful for those books and those authors for being real, for being real when I needed real, I didn't need like the super Southern Christian fluff. I can't imagine like if you're in a community where everybody knows you and your mm-hmm. business and like what happened, and then you have the guts to like put it all down and to write your own messy process. I don't think people can really appreciate how, when you put yourself out there, it seems like when you watch people do it, it's Mm -hmm. more effortless than I Mm -hmm. know it's not even from every day to like social media stories and videos, but then on a level where you're really sharing a journey and you're, you're hoping to serve people, but you know, you're also going to take criticism Mm -hmm. and people are going to be looking and poking at your like deepest insecurities and your darkest Mm -hmm. wounds. That's, I have so much respect for people that are able to do that. For sure. And it's, I always, I think I've said this to you and I've said it to pretty much anyone that ever has a conversation with me or gets to know me, but there is strength and vulnerability. Mm -hmm. So when you're being vulnerable and when you're being transparent, I really believe that's where you find your strength because it's easier For me, it would have been easier to sit in that hurt Mm -hmm. and to like build those walls because I had those walls up. I was never dating again. I am a strong, independent woman. I don't need no man. (laughs) You know, know, I'm a great mother. I'm a single mom. I'm providing. You know, I, I had all these things going on and going for me. And God's like, but you're still like angry. Like that's not a way to live. Yeah. And so these people that put every little indiscretion out there. You know, it took me like we've known each other a year and a half and you're mm-hmm. just finding this out because it's yeah. not something I easily talk about, but sure. I, I, t- I warned you, like, I, didn't, I guess it wasn't a warning, but I was like, Hey, here's a heads up. If we do an inspirational episode, these are the books that I'm going to pick and here's why. Mm-hmm. And you're like, Holy cow. I had no idea. <laughs> yeah. So, and but, I'm happy that you felt comfortable and that you're willing to share that because that's, mm-hmm. we said yesterday that you never know who's 
anything is going to reach or who it's going to impact or who needs to hear a certain message. So for sure. I'm just, I'm grateful for you for sharing that. You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> going to be awkward now because that's just who I am. <laughs> it's not like you needed another book, but did you say you had three books? I actually had four. Yeah. So, um, two were about like the restoration of healing from divorce, but the other two have to do with Allie. So oh, I don't know yeah. if you wanted to share or if you wanted to make that a part two, cause that's a whole nother gamut in and of itself. I'm open. What are you feeling? Like, what are you feeling led to right now? I can always talk about my kids. So, I mean, yeah, I would say let's go into it. Okay. So, Okay. So in the process, like you have to, I guess I have to like paint this picture for you guys. So I am in the process of healing from divorce and I'm raising Allie. My Mima allowed, like she didn't allow us. She welcomed. She's like, please come home. Just come Mm -hmm. home and live with me. You can get on your feet because I had to come back and I was already a certified teacher, but the only position I could find was a pair pro, which is a teacher's assistant. Mm -hmm. And I brought home less than $900 a month. Wow. And (laughs) yes. And so, and a daycare was 400 a month. So yeah. yeah. Um, thankfully, you know, my car was paid off and stuff, but my Mima, without her help, I don't know where we would be. My family, my sister, my mom. They just rallied around me. My best friends rallied around me and Allie, you know, I'm a hundred percent where I'm at today is because I had so much support and I know a lot of women don't have that. And it makes me like really emotional to think about, but like without them all, I don't know where I'd be. So like I'm in this whole personal process of healing. And then I realize my daughter isn't talking. Like she, her speech wasn't coming. So that was like the first indicator. I took her to the local pediatrician. They told me, I think it was eight or nine different times over the course of a year. Oh, just give it time. Mm. She's going to develop in her own way in time. And like, at this point, I had already gotten a sped teaching position, special education. So I'm like, I don't know about that. <laughs> and so So your instinct was still telling you like something was going on. Oh, mama, the mama gut is the real thing. Yeah. And so she was having digestive issues. There were a lot of sensory issues there. I couldn't put denim on her without her melting down. Mm -hmm. She was having like fine motor issues where she couldn't like button and tie things um, at the age appropriate level. Mm -hmm. You know, I didn't expect her to tie her shoe at two, but you know what I mean? Like age appropriate fine motor skills. Cause by this point I had brought out all the developmental charts. I had dived into all of that because I was concerned over the course of this year. And, um, there were several other different things. And finally a year into it, I went ballistic in the doctor's office and I never do this. Like, cause I cannot stand attention to myself, but I was like, either you get me an evaluation for speech therapy, or I'm going to go crazy. Like I, I know there's something wrong. I have education background. I am not some Joe Schmo off the street. Like I know what I'm talking about. Something is not right. And even if I did have an education background, any mama gut feeling is valid. Mm -hmm. It's so valid. So if you're a parent and you feel like something's going on with your kid, just don't stop advocating. Even when people look at you, like you're insane. Cause they did. Yeah. So I got the evaluation and it ended up being the speech therapist ended up being a girl I went to high school with. And so she agreed with me. She was like, there's more going on than just speech, Kim. 
So long story short, I called babies can't wait, which I don't know if if that's a federal thing or just a state thing. I'm not sure, but it's like Mm -hmm. early intervention services for kids younger than three. And when they evaluated her, they're like, oh my gosh, she has all these delays. Like it was just a whole slew of them. And so I immediately, uh, with um, suggestions from friends at work, switched pediatricians to our current pediatrician who is an angel on earth. And so I went to see him and by this time she's three and a half, four. And he said, cause he has two sons on the spectrum, mm-hmm. but they're higher functioning. And, you know, if you meet and I always tell parents this, cause they'll come to me when they find out I have a sped background, they'll go, I think my kid might be on the spectrum. And I'm like, wait, knowing one kid with autism is knowing just that one kid because the spectrum is so wide and the characteristics are so vast. So I said, you know, let's not label them until we do the, you know, evaluations and all this stuff. So anyway, long story short, Dr. Ashley was like, I want to run some tests and I just want you to trust me. And he really didn't tell me all that he was running, but instinctively I just knew, okay, Okay. Cause it was like an instant connection. Cause he also was a special needs parent. Mm-hmm. And so on Valentine's day, I think it was 2017 Valentine's day. I get a call from him at work and he said, I really want you just to come down to the office and talk to me. And it was a 30 minute commute. And I'm like, should I leave work? Does she have cancer? I'm like what's going on? Yeah. He was like, no, it's nothing like that. It's not like life or death, but I have some results and we need to discuss it. So I took my best friend Tiffany with me because Josh was working at this time we were dating Mm -hmm. and he had moved down here to be with us because he was originally located in South Carolina, which is seven and a half hours away. So he's at work in Bainbridge. I drive to Dothan, which is 30 minutes away from where I'm at. And he tells me that Allie is diagnosed with fragile X syndrome. Mm -hmm. And I had no idea what that was. I had never heard of it before. It's very ended up being extremely rare in girls. So the synopsis of that is when a fragile X syndrome is you have a gene that repeats too many times in one of your X chromosomes Mm -hmm. and it causes what you would say 30 years ago is mental retardation, but today they call it a cognitive disability, Mm -hmm. which is what I'm going to go with. But some people don't understand what cognitive disabilities kind of entail. So, and there's the reason why it's so rare in girls is we have two X chromosomes. So normally one X chromosome will compensate for the defective one Mm -hmm. and there won't be a fragile X diagnosis, but in her situation that didn't happen, every single symptom that she had had since like birth, all symptoms of fragile X. Wow. Even down to her physical characteristics. And so <clears throat> it gave us like a better direction, where to go, like educationally, where to go through therapies. And so cue the book. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, there is a book written by Elizabeth Griffin, and she is a mom of a son who has fragile X and it's called fragile X, fragile hope, finding joy in parenting a child with special needs. Mm -hmm. And it's a, like she wrote, it's like her son and Allie are the same. You know, they, her son is more nonverbal than Allie, but all her feelings, all like all, it's like an emotional roller coaster, but it was, I felt so connected to her because it was like, she was reading a page out of my book. 
mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? And so if you, even if you have a child that doesn't have fragile X, I really implore you to read this because there is a lot of like, there's just, it's just a roller coaster that you go through when you get like that type of diagnosis, there is denial, there is anger, there is heartbreak, there's acceptance, there's still wanting the best for your child, but still have to, to accept all these stuff and all these things. And then you learn like 5,000 acronyms for different things. Yeah. And then it's so much. And I have to say that the journey is still happening. You know, the roller coaster is mm-hmm. still, I'm still on it, <laughs> but books like this give me hope that she's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so I have a second book for about fragile X, but I will say that I'm not done with it yet. And Mm -hmm. I had to plug it on this podcast because it's called lessons from the broken X and Jenny Sousa written. And I hope I'm saying her name correctly. It's S U S A. I met her in a fragile X Facebook group. Mm -hmm. And this is, I'm showing Julia a picture. How precious are her boys? So sweet. But this is lessons that she has learned in special needs parenting, Mm -hmm. and she's so vulnerable and so real. And you can find this on Amazon. We'll include the links for it. But if you have any, like, I just encourage you, even if it's not Fragile X, like, read them. (laughs) They're really, really good, Um, especially if you're a special need parent, Um, you know, it's just really good. And that whole journey has been like. Oh gosh, it's been a doozy, but a blessing at the same time. Like Allie's made me a better parent, a better mom, a better teacher. I was able to connect with so much, so many more families when I was working in the school system, because a lot of them come in kind of super guarded and even like a little defensive Mm -hmm. in the IEP meetings because they're not ready to hear everything their child can't do. No, you know, they, they live it. They know. And so I always started out my meetings by going, you know, this is who I am. This is how I serve your kid. So I'd always start these meetings by introducing myself and going, and before we even talk about so-and-so, I just want to tell you, I, I have to sit in your place every year and I, my heart goes out to you. My child has is been diagnosed with fragile X, autism, ADHD, and expressive communication delay. I'm in therapies four days a week (laughs) or no, right now it's two, but it's four different therapies, Mm -hmm. two days a week. And so it kind of like, you can see like a physical, you know, like he's going to get it. We have team members and we work with other people that have special needs kids. So I fully encourage y'all to read those books. It's helped me so much in times where, I felt utterly helpless. (laughs) Yeah. I'm so glad you shared those. I feel like there's such wisdom and value in those books for everybody. And Mm -hmm. so I think when you're a parent and no matter what you're going through, books like that can really help you appreciate where you are in your own journey. For sure. For sure. And whether we know it or not, like sometimes you need that you've got to, because you're so, even as a mom with a child that doesn't have special needs, like you're constantly pouring yourself out. How are you going to fill yourself back up? Mm-hmm. And so these books have helped fill me. And when mm-hmm. I have been utterly empty, so yeah, go read them. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Oh man. You have just like 
bared your heart and shared yeah. these incredible books with us. And I feel like <laughs> I want to come yeah. in and be like, hey, guess what? I like this book. <laughs> I'm ready to hear it though. But as for the transition, that's all you're going to get. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. Your life hasn't been as train wrecky as mine. <laughs> Sure, it has in many different (laughs) ways, right? Yeah, for sure. So I, the one, I think this is the book that I recommend the most often, which is saying something because you know, especially when you read a lot of books, you, when somebody asks like, what would you recommend to read? I need to know like their entire resume. I'm like, what Mm -hmm. do you like to read? What do you not like to read? What's your favorite genres? Like, tell me all the things about yourself. And then I will curate some very specific mm-hmm. recommendations for you. Cause if they just say like, tell me a book to read, I'm like, I don't know what to tell you. I can't. Yeah. It's too, yeah. it's too broad. You gotta filter it, man. Because <laughs> You know, there are a lot of books we could recommend, but if you don't like a certain genre, I don't want to recommend it. And then you'd be like, Kim, you freak. <laughs> or just like you want to really, I want to help people and point them to something that's really going to be a good uh, use of their time too. Cause we're all so right. busy. Like who wants mm-hmm. to waste time with something? Be like, I got through that and that was not like what I needed for myself. So I, uh, this book, have you read the surrender experiment by Michael Singer? No, no I have uh, not. It is one of my all time favorite books because I think it, it mirrors a lot journeys that a lot of us have where he set out with this like very specific set of how he wanted to live his life, but he was open to surrendering and seeing what happened. So I think there's a point where he makes a commitment that's like, as these experiences come to me, it kind of reminds me of like Shonda Rhimes, the year of yes, that's a good Mm -hmm. book. And she's like, I'm going to, I say no to all these things, but I'm going to say yes for a year. And so he basically said like, what comes to me I'm going to say yes to you. And it turns into, and this is his real life story, but it turns into places where I would just laugh out loud because he was like, I'm going to be a hippie and live in a van on this property in the middle of nowhere. Cause I just want to meditate all day and I don't want to see any people. And so he goes on this, um, like van trip and comes home and there's literally a lady building a house on his property. No way. And he said he goes into like his little space and was in like basically through his own temper tantrum. He's like, you know what? If this is what is happening, this is what I'm being called to do. I'm going to go out there and help her build that dang house. So he like gets <laughs> himself together and go build, builds this house. And then I'm not going to tell the whole story, but like a couple highlights, like then this police officer comes by and said, oh, you build houses. I need something built on my house. Can you do that? And they're this very ethical aligned, you can imagine type of like the anti construction company basically. And listen, I love, I grew up in construction. My -hmm. husband works in construction. I love construction workers. Mm -hmm. Not as you know, you know what I mean? (laughs) Yes, I know. I just love them and I have a heart for them, but I'm saying these were not those, like that was not this company, but it turns into this, like the, the twists and turns and the path that his life takes to, then he ends up being like a multi, multi, like hundreds of millions of dollars. Yeah. uh, His company is worth. And it's just like, but he just follows these yeses along the way. And it's such a good reminder to when things come at us, because we might ask for something, right. You might say Mm -hmm. in a prayer, I might say like, 
have an intention. Like I would love if this would happen. And then something comes to you, you know, something sits with you, an opportunity presents itself. And our minds are so quick sometimes to turn those things down and say, no, that's not it. That's not it. But we don't know in the grand scheme of our, our map, that this isn't the next step to the thing that we just asked for. And because we keep shutting it off, the things that we want can't get to us. And so this book just reminds me in such a fun and magical way to just be more playful and open to those things as they come. And you don't know where the path is going to lead. I love that. I need to read that because I'm one, I am one to do that. Like if I get an email or a message and I'm like, I don't have time for that because I'm already like so overwhelmed with my to-do list. Like there's no way I can, I can't, I can't be involved in that. I have no time for that. And so my Enneagram eight husband's like, but wait, can you, do you really think that? And I'm like, shut up. (laughs) But yeah, I really need to read that. I'm, I'm good with the quick card. No. Yeah. Well, maybe Shonda Rhimes book too, because that book, mm-hmm. I reread it every year for a couple of years because I mean, she is obviously an incredible writer mm-hmm. and she talks about being introverted and then kind of being like alone and just not having much of a life outside of what her career was in that moment. And so being able to step outside of her comfort zone in so many ways was a really good practice. And I just, I liked it. So that's sort of an unintentional inspirational book recommendation. And I feel like the next one is in the same zone as it. So you can kind of see, I have a theme going, but the Mm -hmm. Magnolia story with Chip and Joanna Gaines. I love them. I do too. And this book, it's like the surrender experiment in the South with like a totally different, but they do the same thing. And the choices that they made along the way, you know, like when Joanna opens this little shop and then they Mm -hmm. start having kids and then they think like, the shop that I dreamed and loved and created, like it isn't the way right now. I don't know what the way is. I can't see that, but Mm -hmm. I know I have to move forward in faith and shut this business down. The choices that they made along the way to get where they got is very much in the same vein, like just walking forward in faith, knowing that you're being directed to where you're going and you're surrendering to whatever that looks like, because you can't, you can't know what that path is. And the story of, you know, of course, Chip is just like wild and crazy and fun. And the story of how they get their show, like all of it is just <laughs> so enjoyable. But they even have little anecdotes about like he would bring home like homeless people to work for their construction company mm-hmm. and he would move them out of their house all the time. Like he would say like, this is the house, like we're going to fix this up. She pour her heart and soul into it. And then it'd be like, no, this, this isn't our house. Or he'd have like, he'd give it to another family to stay in. Cause it was like, they needed it more. So every mm-hmm. part of their journey was just humbling, funny, and just such a good reminder. So I like those reminders to stay listening to that inspiration and on that path, mm-hmm. even when it seems like so crazy and everybody outside of yourself would say, don't shut down that business. It makes no mm-hmm. sense. Right. It's making money. You guys, this is what you wanted. Why would you do that? And so I think anybody who does that and has that practice in their daily life is somebody I like to, to surround myself with in any way, whether it's books or in real life. Mm-hmm. Right. 
I love that. I love that. One of my, my Mima and I used to watch her show like all the time, like on yeah. a Saturday afternoon, we'd sit, she'd have her little blanket, her recliner, and I would sit on the couch and we'd just watch and giggle and laugh. And I'm always so amazed by them because they are, well, I don't know them personally, <laughs> but they seem like they are the same people. Like yeah. this has not changed them in any way. They're a massive success and popularity and their generosity hasn't changed because that is a biggie for me. Like if you are, and they, you know, are very vocal about their faith and stuff. Mm-hmm. And if you're going to profess that, but then be a stingy, cringy or like a negative Nelly, like, going to take you seriously, but mm-hmm. they are so real and raw and I love it. I'm here for it. Me too. hundred percent. And mm-hmm. then this last one, I read this last year, maybe it's in it. Like this is a recent read. It came out recently, but it's that book I was telling you about the Dolly Parton song teller, my life and lyrics. I did. And so it's like, she, I think it's her interviews. And then there's this guy, uh, Robert Owerman. O-E-R-M-A-N-N. He put it together, but she goes through and tells, it's like her autobiography, but by songs. And she tells these little anecdotes, but nobody can say she hasn't had Mm -hmm. the most interesting life. And she was a hardcore feminist before. Mm -hmm. I don't even know that she would call herself that, but you know, from how like she advocated for herself to how she, how smart she was and how she managed Mm -hmm. to be successful in a business that was not friendly to women. Um, and from that small town, just her stories are really true Testament to just grit and grace. And it felt like when things got crazy in the pandemic and it was just like, she's such a bright light and Mm -hmm. listening to those stories, I got it on audible, um, because you just get to hear her story and her songs. It was just really special. And I would definitely recommend that book and I would listen to it again. It's just, it's, and I think it's, you know, it's not like a massive book, but you just kind of feel like you're hanging out with her and, and listening to some good stuff. And I heard things I had never heard her talk about before. So I love that. She just is one, no matter what's going on, she's going to show up and bring so much joy. Mm -hmm. And I just gravitate towards that because even though I can be a crabby patty, sometimes I try to do that, you know? And so I just, totally resonate with her. And I will say this and meanwhile, just please forgive me from heaven. Her balls are made of brass and I love it. <laughs> her, her lady balls are brass and they're kicking ass and I love it. Yes. I feel like she just, and she doesn't wait around on other people to come up with solutions, you know, mm-hmm. and she was like, I need to support communities who we need to support literacy in these communities. She was like, I'll just take my money and make a program. Or Mm -hmm. didn't she do something where she funded part of the COVID vaccine with her own money, something like that. Mm -hmm. She's just like, all right, this is a problem. Like I'm going to, to do something about it. And I really, there's just so much to learn from her journey and her story. And I think we're lucky that she's still um, around and creating and sharing with us, you know, things about her life. She's an American treasure, (laughs) like for certain, for certain. I love her. Well, my friend, I am so, so grateful for you always and just really appreciate everything you shared in today's episode. And it just means so much. So it was, it was kind of a doozy, but it was good. It was good. Yeah. Do you feel a little wrung out now? (laughs) 
a little, yeah. But I, I mean, my hope is that it resonates with someone, mm-hmm. just one person. Um, if not, then I'm just going to feel a little spazzy, but that's fine. You know, <laughs> kind of used to it, <laughs> but no, I, you know, there's the strength and vulnerability. So I'm just going to keep going with that. And hopefully someone reads these amazing books. So. I'm going to read. I'm really curious, especially about the ones with the fragile X syndrome. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's going to be so many gems and so much wisdom in there. I'm, they're definitely going on my reading list. Yay. Good. Good. Well, I love you, friend. Oh, love you. And thank y'all for listening as always. And if you have inspirational books, please send us all the recs because we need to stay inspired ourselves. We do. We need some inspiration <laughs> going into the new year, like starting sure. 2022. Bring it, bring it on. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. All right, friends. See you on the next one. All right. Bye, y'all. Bye.